So, John, what do you think your undoing would be in a factory? In a Willy Wonka factory or just any kind of factory? Yeah, sure. What? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka factory. Then. Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I would be the kid who asked incessantly to find out where HR was and got, <laughs> got very swiftly shuffled out based on this movie. Like, where's health and safety? What's going on here? Like, who's so in charge? Y- you just get escorted out of the building. That's, I would, I, yeah, I would that, immediately that, that's get. That's your undoing. You don't fall into a chocolate lake and get sucked up by a pipe. I think I'd probably be shoved into the chocolate lake because, and then Willy Wonka <laughs> would deny all knowledge of me. That's probably what would happen. Yeah. Alright, great. Yeah. Not the worst ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> As we saw in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Some films are fine just the way they are Other films sometimes take it way too far But really how how that could it get Let's go beyond Beyond the box set everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-offs to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We're going to be pitching some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the submissions that they've come up with and posted on our social media pages. First, we're going to talk through some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary as well. I'm Harry, the host with the most, Sweet Tooth. Today I'm joined by Pete Allison, the guest with the best, taste in films. Thank you very much. I would say. After this choice. And joining me as always, it's the bad egg of the podcast, it's John Lucas. <laughs> always a pleasure, Harry. Always a pleasure. Um, okay, so Pete, you've uh, you've got another podcast. Do you want to just tell us a little, yes. little bit about that and tell us who you are and stuff? Uh, and my who name, the hell are you? I was just saying, my what? name is Pete Allison. You've already done that <laughs> bit for me, haven't you? Yeah, why, why are you even here? <laughs> uh, yeah, our, our podcast, um, I do a podcast with my friend Dave Cribb, who is a comedy producer and comedy writer. Uh, we have a podcast called Friends with Friends, where we invite people to, well, I'd say select their favourite episode of Friends, but we're now at the point where lots of favourite episodes have already gone so mm. we're starting to sort of work our way through the dregs <laughs> so lesser <laughs> episodes have you done but, Joey Learns French yet yes <laughs> which is just like there, there is have, have you done Ross Hires a Manny no oh, I haven't done wor- that one that's the worst I'll, I'll come on if you want that's that the worst episode that terribly that's so bad yeah it really has so bad but the Joey the, the reason that the, the Joey episode where he tries to speak French has come up and with that that also gets referenced a lot because of the sort of slow digression of Joey as a human being from yes. start of Friends to end of Friends because he is he is not thick at the start no. of Friends and then it progresses to his absolute low moment of <laughs> literally being incapable of repeating words said to him <laughs> seconds before when, he, when, she's, when Phoebe's trying to teach her French. So, um, yeah, we basically, as I'm sure you do with your films, we dissect episodes of Friends to painstaking sort of levels. Okay. Um, and that's what we do on Friends with Friends. Okay, so to get on topic, yes. yeah. um, you've brought us today a horror film. <laughs> a terrifying horror film. It is yeah. very dark. Mm. I mean, there is literally a chicken being decapitated in this film. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> which I only realised on my last rewatch of this like oh my god you actually that's actually real footage of a chicken actually being decapitated yeah yeah. this, this oh. is a film for children yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's also not just dark in well the fate of the chicken as you've described mm. and the fate of the children as I'm mm. sure we'll describe as well but um, also just some of the, the the way that some of it's filmed like when they're on the boat and they're it's very trippy and very mm. intense mm. and very weird and very creepy and I can picture 
the the like Gene Wilder's eyes and things at that point where mm-hmm. he's very like essentially talking them th- it, it, it it's made to look like a trip isn't it it is oh, well, it's it's one of those scenes the boat scene is is always shown up on those lists of the top 10 most traumatic scenes in children's yeah. films like the sky it's like it's up there with the horse in the never ending story you know it's that yeah. level of like horrifying like, yeah i think only when i've been thinking about it because i was talking about it today <laughs> i i think have i realized quite how many of the really creepy things I actually remember about it as mm. well. And that, the the boat and the sort of quite close-up shots of him. Yeah. I, that's really weird. Do you think yeah. that's the most iconic scene of the film? And do you know the, the the scene that I... It's a very iconic film, to be honest. Yeah, isn't it? it is. And there's the, and, and also, the I mean, the story is just... We said about this film being dark. That is true to Roll. Have we Bell, actually said the title yet? We No, it's Willy Wonka, yeah? It's... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, we're doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I mean, it's the title of the episode. Yeah, you know. But people sure. are going to get eight minutes in without realising sure. what it sure, is. Sure, but still, okay. <laughs> just so we're clear, it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But it is, it, it is reflective of Roll Dahl's, Roald Dahl's mm. books for yeah. it to be dark, because, I mean... There uh, is some amazingly dark stuff in oh, Roald yeah. Dahl's mm-hmm. books, which are obviously for kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fitting that this should be really weird. And do you know, what? I also I think the the whole song around the goose's egg. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably I don't know why, but that's the scene I remember best yeah. from it because mm. it's sort of peak brat in the yeah. film, <laughs> and you are made to dislike these children because yeah. they are all horrible brats and that is I think she is the most sort of insufferable character in it I think Mm. yeah so yeah I I think probably that but the one that I am scarred by perhaps Mm -hmm. uh, is probably the the boat ride yeah it's very it is very odd very weird yeah that makes sense I was always scared by the uh, uh, the lifting bubbles Mm. scene oh yeah when they're just getting higher and higher and it's just so much fun it's great and then suddenly like oh my god how do we yes We've not thought this through. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, I mean, they become, it's, they are alarmingly close to, well, being ripped to bits by yeah. a fan, essentially, yeah. a mechanical yeah, fan. Yeah, it does become a full horror movie at that moment, for yeah, that, yeah. you know, truly. Which is weird. And, and, and also at that point, I'm thinking like, oh my God, they've like broken the rules and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like something bad has happened to literally everybody else, and bad's about to happen. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also, it's, it is, it is a children's film, and mm. yet there are some proper horror moments in it. I mean, I would argue that that's true of most of the best children's films. Like, you think of, like, World Ship Down, horrifying. But a lot lot of them, they they have some kind of a a message behind the horror. Like, with the the bubbles scene, that one's great. Like, if somebody says, don't drink something, don't go and drink it, because... You don't know how bad it could be. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> just a, just a, a, a euphemism for being spiked, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that makes sense to put in a film. I can understand the message. The the tunnel... Yeah. What's no, the that's, that's just to scare people. Yeah. Is it don't yeah. get on boats with strange men? I, I mean, that know. is quite good advice. That is good advice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've thought about yeah. it, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think... Uh, yeah, there's sort of a warning that comes with each of... The children, isn't it? Well, most of it is to do with greed, isn't it? Mm. Yes. And whether it's one thing, well, in Augustus's case, mm-hmm. the chocolate. Yeah. Uh, the chewing gum in Violet's case. Mm-hmm. Also, why does a child want a good? Why does a child want a golden egg? It's because she wants things. She, she just, just wants, wants everything. everything. She, wants everything. Yeah. She, she wants everything because she's told she can't have it. So yes, she wants it. I guess. And she's mm. as That's a child I... used to, or as a, a, the the child of rich family, obviously. Yeah. yeah. She is used to having everything. I mean, I could take this beer away from you right now. And say like, well, alcohol's bad for you, but you'd still want it even more then. That's true. Yes, I'd feel uh, I'd feel even more keen to have it, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah so the, the, so 
that's the thing. There's sort of like quite a profound warning with each of them, and then as you say, you get to Charlie, and it's don't drink stuff when you're told not to. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of it's, that's slightly less well, but like say a useful advice when it comes to spiking. Definitely, yeah. yeah. About it. Well, Rodol wrote the, a version of the screenplay. Yeah, he got binned off. Didn't yeah, he? he got binned off, and was he disowned the film? He hated the finished product because they added stuff that he just wasn't happy with. Yeah, including that scene because he felt like it took away the whole the whole point of the novel. If you read, it, is that Charlie is the one who doesn't misbehave, yeah. who behaves properly and doesn't like disrespect Willy Wonka's rules. Hence, he wins at the end. Mm-hmm. And so they added the scene with the bubbles to give a bit of excitement to his character because otherwise his character is basically entirely passive in the movie. Charlie's pretty boring. He is pretty boring. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a great hero. And nor is Grandpa Joe, which we, and we, can, we can discuss at length what a dickhead he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was something that Roldor was quite annoyed by. And also the ending was a lot more sugary, no yeah. pun intended, than what Roldor would have intent, would have wanted. Because mm. his novels are, even by the standards of this film, quite bleak for children's films. Yeah. Like, if you've read, ever read like even stuff like Matilda and The Twits. And, like, the, I mean, The Twits is dark as... Oh, Incredibly yeah. dark. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> George's Marvelous Medicine, that was my favourite, I think. I, so. love, I, used to have an, uh, I used to have that on a the story on a cassette I thing. did too I have a real strong ch- sorry, sorry to cut you off but I had a really <laughs> strong childhood memory of like being sat in my parents room listening to the cassette on headphones and the bit where the grandmother is it yeah, first drinks yeah, yeah. the potion for some reason I was literally like doubled over crying with laughter at the perform- <laughs> of the, yeah. the readout of it I don't know what it is but it's a real like childhood memory of mine it was so. probably someone well known that read the version probably was like I Stephen Fry or yeah, something yeah. yeah I'd have to go back and look but yeah. yeah I um, I, th- I think you say Charlie is incredibly Bland, dull for, yeah. for the vast majority of it. But I was reading as well about there was, even once Roald Dahl had been bid off, mm. there was debate over the final line of the film. Mm. And they added in where he says something about how it's very sort of... Yeah, what happened to the boy who got everything? Yes, he lived exactly. happily ever after. Yeah. That's exactly so, it, yeah. yeah. And yes. they, they added that in because they felt like the ending was too week for them just to be flying off in the yeah. wonderfully named Wonka. Vector. I mean, it does end incredibly abruptly. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed watching it about. Like, it's the, I think everyone remembers the 20 minutes that make up them being in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory of this <laughs> film, rather than the 45 minutes of setup yeah. and the very quick ending. Like, yeah. I, I think like, even with the... Am I allowed to reference the Tim Burton film? Sure, yeah, yeah, it exists. We acknowledge <laughs> it. Yeah. I think that one, that one feels like it Gets to them being in the factory much. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is much more build up with this one, which I guess that, kind that, of that that one did also have just a lot of fluff around it. Like, mm. oh, here's backstory and yeah, and like here's his Wonka's childhood and here's how the where, where he got the Umpalumpas from and because the you know, here's Johnny Depp eating a caterpillar and stuff like that. And it's not <laughs> all, it's, like it's not all entertaining. A lot of that is just very boring. And the other difference as well is around Charlie's family because in this film. Charlie's dad doesn't work in the factory. Oh yes, I thought that was a thing. He does in the book, and Mm. he does in the Tim Burton one, Mm. but Charlie's first experience of the factory is winning this ticket to go there, which kind of makes it more special, because you think, well, I'm just going to dad's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a bit more (laughs) underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, there are quite a few differences, not only with the book, but also with what Tim Burton did after it. Mm, Definitely. And now details on the sudden announcement that has captured the attention of the entire world. Hidden among the countless billions of Wonka bars are five gold tickets. And to the five people who find them will come the most fabulous prize one could wish for. A lifetime supply of chocolate. And as if this were not enough, 
Each winner, before he receives his prize, will be personally escorted... They're all crazy. The man's a genius. He'll sell a million bars. Grandpa, do you think I've got a chance to find one? One? I'm counting on you to find all five. What did you guys think of the pre- Willy Wonka factory part the first like and it is literally I timed it it was 45 minutes when they actually entered the doors of the factory so that's a lot of setup. yeah I was surprised how much of that I enjoyed having like forgotten a lot of it well, I was like, thinking it's not quite all set up like there's a bit of character set up maybe for the first 10 or maybe 15 minutes mm. at, at the very start and then it's like okay here's the golden ticket thing yeah that's, like, that takes up way more of the movie than I remembered yeah. but like although there's not really many iconic scenes in that golden ticket thing Everyone knows that concept, at least. Yes, absolutely. Of the, of the golden ticket. Yeah. And that's, I think, largely from this. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, it's done very well. It does introduce the characters very well. And there are some of those early scenes were, like, so much wackier than I remembered them being. Like, yeah. the first ten minutes of this movie is basically just a, a parade of possible sex offenders. Like, pro- <laughs> probable, I would say probable sex offenders. Like, yeah. you get Mr. The Candyman can. Yeah. I don't trust him for a second. Like, yeah. No, where's he getting his money from? He's giving away free He's not charging children. those children. He's just like, come behind the counter, children, little boys, little girls. Yeah. <laughs> and the... Good song, though, right? Yeah, um, good song, sure, yeah. I forgot his name, Slug. Slughorn, Slughorn yes. Yeah. Is he called Slughorn? He's. In, I can remember being quite frightened by him. Yeah. Very sort of uh, mm. demon headmaster vibes. Mm. I thought his glasses made him really scary. Yeah. I think as well. The other thing I was reading about is how much anticipation at the time there must have been for this film mm. because obviously it's the first film adaptation of it. Sure. Yeah. But um, there are so many references to actors asking Roald Dahl if they can play. Yeah, uh, Spike Milligan wanted to play it, didn't he? Uh, who else was there? Uh, Peter. Um, Eustonoff, was it? No? No. Uh, is it Salas? Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he wanted to play it. Uh, yeah. They must have sort of been pitching themselves to it was like the role, yeah. The role. <laughs> but uh, eventually, obviously, Gene got it. Yes. And I, I, I love his Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. How, do you, how, do you, how do you compare his Willy Wonka to Johnny Depp? So? I, and that was... The, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Johnny Depp version, was probably at the peak of Johnny Depp's popularity, wasn't it? Because yeah. he'd sort of done, part, had done a bit of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. If I'd say the peak, I'd say the end. <laughs> the, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's not done much sense. <laughs> like, it? It, it, it's not the film that made him the most popular. That's yeah. definitely Pirates. But I'd say this was like, yeah, we're all done with Johnny Depp now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do like him mm. in it. I do remember quite enjoying that film. So I think the music in that film's great. Yeah. The music in the... And not obviously... Quite the classic no. that it uh, the classic. The Umpa Lumpa songs were... just aren't as memorable for me. Like no, like... I mean we'll come on to the Umpa we'll, we'll get to those. Yeah, um, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I um, I did I, I do like Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka because there's just this sort of you you see a bit more of his backstory in hmm. that film than you do in. I appreciate that it's a different take. He's basically taking the what if Willy Wonka was Michael Jackson, yes. <laughs> no. yes, rather than right. he's, not, he's not impersonating Gene Wilder. So yeah. he's definitely taking his own direction on it. So and you get a bit more idea of sort of his well, he's a sort of he's a child but was deprived of sweets and everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You see all of that, but I do think the Gene Wilder version is he is so much more sort of enigmatic at the start mm. of it, and, and his reveal and everything is so yeah. much more memorable than. Mm. In fact, off the top of my head, I can't remember the. Johnny Depp Willy Wonka reveal. No, moment. but Gene Wilder has the 
which apparently he pitched it was his idea where he comes out with the K and it's like always oh, so old and then he does the back yeah flip. and then I think he said he did that because he wanted to establish from the very first scene that you never knew whether Willy Wonka was lying or not yeah so, yeah. yeah and, and he he, full, he learned the stunt himself yeah he did yeah, yeah so. which mm. is impressive good yeah. commitment indeed but yeah he's I, I find Gene Wilder to be a, a much more sinister kind of Willy Wonka like yeah just the utter disregard for the children's health and safety at all points at I mean, all there times there are so many moments of yeah. child neglect oh, sure that. absolutely I mean there's your drinker game there's that's your definitely right drinker yeah, game yeah, there is a moment of that. child yeah. neglect um, it's uh, he feels much more unhinged and when when he gets angry yeah. with Charlie at the end of the film he's like genuinely scary he is whereas I don't feel like the Johnny Depp version at any point actually feels Frightening. No, he feels quite sort of affectionate in lots mm. of ways. But I think uh, the Jim Wilder version, he, there's there's kind of like a wildness there, isn't it? It's including the boat scene. That's sort of the yeah, yeah. You're right. that, that, like I say, that scene is essentially like a horror movie at that yeah. point. Like if he'd pulled out a knife and started stabbing the children, it wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. a huge wouldn't have been out of you know, character like, at that point. Yeah. So there's definitely an unpredictability there. That's yeah, uh, yeah very compelling. There's no earthly way of knowing. He's singing. Which direction we are going? There's no knowing where we're rowing, or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! How would you rank the five children? Like in terms of Ooh. how much you enjoyed them? How much I enjoyed them in this film, or how entertaining they were? I mean, enjoyed yeah, yeah, as a. Yeah. I know mm. what you mean. Charlie is the least entertaining. Yeah, he's very, very bland. Yeah, I am probably the most irritated by Veruca. However, I enjoyed her the most. I think she's yeah, my favorite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of like also that character name is so good. It, he yeah. is it, sort of like <laughs> it's quite sort of. His character names are quite sort of Dickensian in the way mm. that you completely get a sense of what their character is like by what. Absolutely. It, it's, it's and I think brilliant. she knocks it out of the park. That girl who plays that, like, she's she amazing. embodies yeah. that so much. Like, I agree with you. Her song is a real highlight for me. Like, yeah. It's so good. It's such a brassy tour de force. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably put her top despite her being the most irritating. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Augustus has been and gone pretty quickly. He doesn't really yeah. stick around for very long. Either when he's he around. doesn't say a lot now. He's, yeah, he has a very short run. Isn't, isn't that a factory full of 10 minutes? Like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'd probably, I'd put, I think I put Charlie, but I'm working my way up. Yeah. 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 I'd put Charlie at the bottom. I'd put Augustus next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd put Mike TV next. Yeah. I think, I think Violet like, he's not quite as, my favorites. he's not quite as entertaining as, as Violet. No. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, yep, yeah, and yeah, he he lasts the, the longest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, leave Veruca and and Violet in there. Yeah, it longer. feels really arbitrary which ones go in which order because absolutely Veruca and Violet are the ones that you you remember. Whereas Mike TV doesn't. He just survives by not doing anything. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. His best scene is boring. Bef- yeah, his best scene is before he even goes in when his 
he's talking about guns with his dad. It's like, this kid's a future serial killer. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'd go, my order from bottom to top will mm. be Charlie, Augustus, Mike, Violet, Veruca. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. same. That, that is, I guess, the definitive writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's conclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good news, Veruca. You, you won this round. <laughs> Good egg. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, when we throw Grandpa Joe into this little, uh, oh, little mix, Grandpa Joe, what a, what a lazy <laughs> son of a bitch! There is, I think, in the Tim Burton version, the difference between him being lazy and in bed. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, like all of his grandparents are very elderly, sure. so I'm sure have perfectly legitimate reasons for being. Well, the other three actors look like they're in their early hundreds, like they could be, you know, like yeah. genuinely bedridden. But I think because the actor is probably isn't that old in the grand yeah. scheme of things, like he looks a lot more sprightly. Like he was, he was. Like, you're his... faking. You're a phony. Like so, in the book. Grandpa Joe is 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the film, I think the actor was sort of 60s. Yeah. So much more able than a 96-year-old bit. But, um, yeah, well, he's not necessarily playing a 96-year-old. No, The character in that (laughs) film is not 96. No. But, um, yeah, he's just just lazy, isn't he? I did have a theory watching it this time. I was like, is the mother the the, the stealth villain of this movie? (laughs) Because I really got that strange vibe that she might just be abusing the entire family. Right. <laughs> but in, in what sense? To what end? Like I don't know what her purpose was. What her purpose was. But there's a bit where they kind of say, "Oh, the the, the four grandparents have been bedridden for twenty years," mm-hmm. which I was like, "Oh my god!" Just I, I would be like, "Kill me! Take me to Dignitas. That's what an <laughs> awful, terrible life." Twenty but, years. But then bed. then it says there's like another throwaway line where it's like, "Well, all we ever eat is cabbage water." So I was like, well, no wonder they can't get out of bed. <laughs> their <laughs> diet is they are, li- they are literally 20 like... 20 years, and it's like their mid-30s. Yeah, they're probably like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's the 20 years of just eating cabbage water. Not even cabbage, cabbage water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No wonder they don't have the strength to get out of bed. So what is that? Like, she goes down to the market, saves mm-hmm. up all her pennies that she picks out of drains, mm-hmm. buys a cabbage, yeah. Yeah. puts it in a bucket... Eats and that feed, in front of them, yeah, and feeds them the water. Feeds them water, yeah. <laughs> and then the other I little red flag about that character was when uh, Grandpa Joe says uh, he tries to give his tobacco money to Charlie to buy a chocolate, and then the mum's like, "No, no, no, that's for you. It's a, you, you only take one tobacco." It's like she's enabling his tobacco. If you give anyone's like, you know, I'm going to quit smoking, you'd be like, "Good for you, you yeah. try that." But she's like such an enabler. She's like, and also, no, don't treat your grandson. Yeah, keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself, <laughs> and you just chew that tobacco. You keep stay bedroom. I will collect all of the you know, the welfare checks. And, yeah. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe she's the true. I think she's good living a double life. Yeah. Cash in those welfare checks and mm-hmm. out on the town every night. That's mine. I also I couldn't until looking back at it for the sake of, of speaking to you about it, I couldn't really remember Charlie's dad. No, he's just dead, isn't he? Yeah, he's just, just like, very old. They're, they're, he's dead. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember many like reference to him or anything. Yeah, they, it's just, again, it's a little throwaway line. It's like, oh yeah, he's he's dead. Yeah, but, yeah. And yet... Because she killed him. The da- <laughs> she shoved him down the stairs. Put some poison in his cabbage water. Poisoned his cabbage water, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet in the most recent one, and in the book, he's... he Well, he's in it. It's he's got a much bigger part, yeah. Yeah he's, yeah, he's in it quite a bit. Mm, yeah. I think I do think it works a lot better. I mean, it's very classic kind of kids' movies to have at least one dead parent. Like, yeah. You know, it's always the case, but... Heighten the tragedy. It does, yeah. I think it, it, it narrows the, the focus of it. It makes more sense that why Grandpa Joe is the one... Rather than like, well, his mum's obviously a murderer, so he's not going to bring her to the chocolate <laughs> And then the other grandparents are all bedridden, so yeah. Grandpa Joe is the the fo- it makes him more the focal point, I think. Grandpa Joe must be so bored 
mm. to be stuck at home with three. Well, he he is obviously able because he then yeah. ends up in the factory. Mm-hmm. How, like, how do you think Grandpa Joe feels his days? I don't know, but again, I did think it was very telling of his character when Charlie does win the golden ticket and. Grandpa Joe's song is I've got a golden ticket yeah. There's, uh, not one point is not there a we in there yeah. or you it's all I've got the golden ticket this is my moment like he is riding Charlie's coattails so hard it's is Grandpa Joe Charlie's mum's dad it's never clear is it what I don't think they ever say therefore mm. evil would run in that the is true yeah it's line, wouldn't it? I think that makes sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. They've got a whole racket. Yeah, maybe, maybe she lets him out at night to do some laps to keep his, himself going while the other grandparents are <laughs> oh, no, I solidly believe that all four of them, when she's out working the laundry and Charlie's in school... They're well, just doing star jumps, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, they're, they're out of the house. Like, yeah. they're, they're Go for walks together. Yeah, yeah, mountain biking. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, got, they've definitely got lives of their own. They just spend their time when they're inside of their family just sitting in bed. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Conclusive again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, am, I, am I allowed to reference a potential sequel? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, given Grandpa Joe in the book is 96, and we can kind of assume that he's very elderly, therefore, in Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory, yeah. I, I feel that in a, few, in a, in a sequel... Grandpa, you'll be delighted with this. Grandpa Joe is, is no, no longer with us. Okay, I, I can live with that. I, I feel yeah. like he's gone in the gap. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've killed off Grandpa Joe. That's a good mm-hmm. start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that I think that's a, a, a good standard to go with. Okay. <laughs> there is some logic applied there. Yeah. As well. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we get to that kind of thing, um, we should probably talk about the killings off of the yes. children. You know, whether or not they do in fact die is up for debate. But uh, the four children who aren't Charlie, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think am I right in thinking that in the Tim Burton one they give them like a survival scene to kind of yeah yeah, yeah they, I, they all leave yeah they I much prefer, I much prefer this where it's you know ambiguous it yeah. adds to the kind of weird darkness of it yeah because like. in the definitely Tim yeah. Burton mm. one Mike TV has sort of been ironed out yeah he's like flat sort of isn't he yeah flat Stanley two yes. D yeah. character type and it, it's not good no, no. It, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel good mm. and and but. How, this is. I, I don't expect you to conclusively know the answer to this question. <laughs> How long do you think it would take to drown in chocolate? Because I, mean, I, I felt like Augustus is in there for, for, for quite long some enough time to already be dead. Yeah, yeah. To already, yeah, be at a point of dying. Yeah. When he gets, I was going to say rescued, but it's quite <laughs> ambiguous as to whether he does get no. rescued or whether he sort of gets piped to his death yeah his I scene... mean, he, he seemed pretty much fine when he was in the pipe like he didn't seem like he was struggling for air I mean yeah he was you know he was screaming fine. and stuff yeah he's fine just yeah, I mean, he got out but, but like he wasn't dying sure at that point he wasn't at the edge of death okay sure so, so the pipe saved him so yeah, the pipe definitely saved him yeah like he would have drowned otherwise 100% yeah. now I think I could survive that amount of time underneath uh, yeah. uh, under chocolate instead of underwater. I, I, I imagine yeah. you've dreamed of that. Yeah. Uh, of course, <laughs> Augustus Gloop. On the other hand, I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's got it in him. I, I, don't, I don't think he can hold hold his breath that long. I don't think he's got the physical fitness. Also, he can't swim. Oh, well, this is the thing. Like, yeah, exactly. He, he he evidently can't swim, so therefore could not manage much time drowning in chocolate mm-hmm. before his death. Mm-hmm. But Maybe he was just swallowing it all, like you know, like just eating it, just <laughs> saving himself yeah. very slowly yeah. by consuming it. But do you think the, the pipe mm-hmm. that comes to his aid 
Do you think they they have purpose built that? I, I mean, I'm aware it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 get into it. Though, Do you please. think they've they've purposely built this say. pipe for the unlikely circumstances in which someone falls in the chocolate river? So it'll suck them in and yeah, yeah. Because I, I couldn't the figure out what for, the purpose for saving. Of the pipe. Yeah, I didn't know what the otherwise purpose because the pipe didn't have chocolate running in and out of it until he. But also the the well, factory the, the pipe was to suck chocolate out to go and take it to other parts of the factory. Oh, Is that okay. what it's for? Right. Yeah, okay, okay fine. Right. Sure, that makes sense. That makes sense. Is that not really easy I thought, answer? I thought it was just like a, a people-saving pipe. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, your, your, your rationale makes more sense. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where did it say that he was going again? Uh, to the piping room, maybe. I really don't remember. No, it was something other than that. It was like the I know, it, it was just another room. There, there, there was definitely a threat of death like, implicit in where all of them were being sent. Yeah, like, the boiler yeah. room? Maybe the boiler, yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like Why is it? Doesn't why, sound why, like why, why is he boiling his chocolate? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. Maybe that's the secret. Also, chocolate looks very watery. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it looked. It didn't look appealing. It looked yeah. gross. No. Yeah. It looks that was like just brown water. really been watered down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently they did it with uh, a mix of like water and cream, and apparently like by the end of the shoot, it had gone so rancid that it was like unbelievably smelly in that, in that, on that set. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the, that scene where he had to drink it and eventually fall into it, were they at the start of the shoot, or was that? Actually, I would hope at the is start. Is there a reason that that guy never did any acting again? It's possible that he was put off I for had to life. I jump into yeah. a pool of mold. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Uh, <laughs> and then we get Violet's death. Or oh, sorry, Violet's. Uh, <laughs> Violet's whatever, you know, Violet's uh, undoing. Mm-hmm. When... Would she, well, she's she's sort of juiced, isn't she? Yeah, she seems yeah. the most likely to be okay at the end of it all, maybe? Yeah. I'd... If they get to her in time before she bursts. I, like... just, I don't know what, I don't know what being I juiced. Mean, it, 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 it depends, like, cause I'd say that Veruca, she, she's either going to be fine or she's going to be dead. It's one way, like, yeah, it's, like... there's, no, there's no middle ground with Veruca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, whereas I, I feel like Violet, she's going to have some significant... Scarring, probably both physically and mentally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, like she, 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 she eats some chewing gum. That's it. That's literally all she yeah. does. She's yeah. never going to eat chewing gum again, yeah. if anything, ever mm. again. Mm. Which and is suddenly the... it it does this thing to her body where it changes the color of it, not just that, but then it makes her the shape inflates and her, of, yeah. of a blueberry. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just mad. <laughs> And so then she has to go and just get squeezed by just these weird orange faced dwarves. What are they yeah. going to do to her? Like, to, what, what's actually going to happen to her body? <laughs> what is actually going to happen? She's going to be juiced. All right, where's that juice coming from? Don't answer. I don't want to know. Like, these are questions that have like plagued me. <laughs> you make a good point, actually. She may have the most traumatic road back to health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because Veruca just sort of needs a bit of a wash up because yeah. down the trash. Yeah, like I said, she's either been burnt to a crisp or she's fine, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yes, that's another incredibly dark. It's the sort yeah. of reference to her essentially being <laughs> burnt alive. Burnt yeah. alive. Oh, yes. I, I, I overlooked that. Mm. Maybe Veruca's not fine. No. <laughs> um, if you had to pick. Mike TV will. He, he, he will never have to work again. Like, he is going to be loaded yeah. being just that. That, that small basically he'll be a circus attraction like hey I'm the world's smallest man woo look at me oh they're not gonna st- I thought they were gonna stretch him out oh they didn't Johnny Depp one sure but they, they referenced that that was the plan oh so, uh, so. okay sure if you had to pick one of the well obviously you'd pick Charlie's because he ends up getting a factory if you had to pick one of the other children's fates mm. as your own one of these four things is going to happen to you which one do you pick I think okay, well, Augustus yeah, maybe I, gets the 
you know, on, in the circumstances. Have a shower and then he's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Augustus, but also you know, you don't know how any of their stories end. Sure, yeah. Like Augustus, he goes to you know maybe the boiler room or whatever it is. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, you know that could be quite something. So he finds himself in a boiler. He'll yeah. be burnt for the rest of his yeah, life. Yeah, that's sure. horrendous. The, mm. the idea of a boiler room is probably the worst. Well, boiler boiler room incinerator being juiced. <laughs> Being, going on a rack yeah I mean, stretched maybe, yeah maybe maybe being stretched is probably the one that might not kill you yeah true. Although, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be suggested if it if it wasn't going to kill him true because like, that is the horror of it isn't yeah, it yeah 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 because yeah, like there's there's the, again there's not really a middle ground between being stretched so you become just like this weird flat thing yeah and being stretched how it actually work or your limbs fall off I don't think that's going to be a suggestion as a solution. <laughs> is it? No, you're true. Oh, that's you're really true. small. Better rip you apart. <laughs> don't worry about a thing, Mom. I feel fine. I'm famous. I'm a TV star. Wait till the kids back home hear about this. Nobody's going to hear about this. Are you taking me? I don't want to go in there. Be quiet. Well... Well, fortunately, small boys are extremely springy and elastic, so I think we'll put him in my special taffy pulling machine. That should do the trick. Taffy? To the taffy pulling room. You'll find the boy in his mother's purse, but be extremely careful. Taffy What's he saying? No, no, I won't hold you responsible. Any more thoughts? I think I'm done on terms of the actual... Yeah, in terms of the plots. All right, drinking games then. Okay. So the first one I sort of noticed is that the Oompa Loompas look like they're having a, a terrible time at all times. <laughs> yes. Like they are incredibly straight faced. Well mm. it's it's one level above well you know indentured servitude. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was gonna say I could yeah, I, I, I can understand why they're so unhappy absolutely. Yeah like, like like at this point they're slaves. Yeah. And that's one level above where they were before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so, so yeah they're happy. I would go for drink anytime an umpa lumpa looks deeply unhappy, <laughs> and I think they'll be smashed pretty swiftly yeah. once we're into the factory. Should put that on a T-shirt. Drink yeah. whenever an umpa lumpa looks unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. So I'm going to get to uh, a, a, a section of the, this podcast that I've newly introduced that I'm trying to bring in as much as possible, which is uh, John's IMDb corner. Uh, right. Just I was very. I've only done it like one. twice before. Now. <laughs> I like to look at the IMDb trivia for a film before we do them, and sometimes mm-hmm. some of the like facts are hilarious. This one, my favourite one, was that the Umpa Lumpers, the actors who played them, were cast from the local community. Should we say? You know, that's so just, were they German. Most of them, they, not all of them, were German, but they were all from that part of the world. I mean, they, they were finding you know little people who were just available in that German town at that moment. So it wasn't exactly a packed, you know. <laughs> They didn't have many to choose. No, from. so essentially what that meant was that a lot, the vast majority of them did not speak English. Yes, well, the audition process would be, <laughs> yeah, are you short? Yeah. Are you available? Do you object Great. to being painted yeah. orange? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Imagine being turned down. Yeah. yeah. Like, but no, apparently, so the trivia on IMDb reads, um, because none of them speak, a lot of them didn't speak English. This is why when you watch the film, many of them don't appear to understand the lyrics that they're singing. Well, like, no one. Or they yeah. don't know the words to the song because they're just, the song's already obviously pre-recorded by some kind of choir mm. and they're just kind of umpa-lumpering about and just trying to look like they're singing it. Like, <laughs> is that a verb? I'm, I'm making it to yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so that was top of my list. Yeah. Uh, so next one I've got, drink whenever he gets his whistle out. <laughs> good euphemism there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does like a whistle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he uses it to lure them to him, doesn't he? Yeah. 
It's about lure. Just sort of command. To get the world. It's definitely it's a Pied Piper element. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Yes, I didn't mean anything yeah. seedy. Well, <laughs> Heaven forbid. There's, the, well, there's, a, there's a future plot yeah. point. Well, <laughs> I mean, my next one, my first one actually ties well into that one, which is a drink for oddly sexual imagery, which of which there was more than I remembered in this film watching it back. And I don't mean that I'm, I'm where, where, where your judgment now. I don't mean stuff that I found sexy. Just, I mean stuff that seemed strangely <laughs> unnecessarily. Like, turned right. on by chicken decapitation. No, 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 no. <laughs> just stuff that seemed I don't know. Like for example, the gobstopper. Yeah. Seemed pretty phallic. Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> it's just a pink thing just going up and up and in and out and up yep. and out. Yeah. It reminded um, me of. Um, the thing that Mac makes and it's always sending exactly the bike. Yeah. Have you ever watched that? No. Oh well. There's a yeah, it's too it, long but... to explain. Yeah, a repressed gay character invents a bike that uh, basically is also. He has a dildo at the seat area that just fine goes up and down. All you need to say, it's, yeah. It, it it it's to encourage him to cycle more because it's like he's getting like told not to sit down. Right. That's the excuse he uses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great show, very family friendly. Yeah, um, sounds cool, yeah. But there's also uh, the little train ride they go on where the thick white liquid just gets splurged <laughs> all over them, which felt very unsettling. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. And also, maybe a little bit less so, but the, the lickable wallpaper struck me as a little bit yeah. seedy and un- mm. un- unseemly, I don't know. Yeah. Bit gross. I, I was mainly thinking of hygiene. Hygiene, dreadful. Yeah. You know? But it's literally like, lick my cherries. Like, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tastes of strawberries. Like, oh, this banana is delicious. Like, <laughs> I had also forgotten about the scene with the um, white liquid. Yeah, it's until rewatching, and it is. Um, do you know when I was a child? And don't worry, the sentence isn't going to end horribly. I was quite scarred by people being gunged. Yes. I, like, Noel Edmonds house party. Oh, like, yeah, get your own back and that Get your own, I used to hide behind the sofa during get your own back, because I, I, there was something about the, I think the sort of humiliation of being gunged, and there are strong get your own back vibes to them being sort of covered in that. Yeah. Very distressing and harrowing (laughs) for me. It is. Um, I've also noted down anytime. Willie's mood changes mm. pretty wildly without any real justification. Because <laughs> yeah. I would also say the moment when he gets really angry at the end. Yeah. I mean, he's witnessed shitloads of kids break the rules all the way through. Mm. And then the only time he really sort of gets angry is with Charlie. That's because Charlie didn't die like he was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> he's ruined the plan. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think he, he is... A, so wild and eccentric that you, you there's a fair amount of drinking to be done anytime oh. he absolutely is unhinged. Yeah, I'd definitely go with that. Very yeah. sinister character. And my last one mm-hmm. is and you you have to have watched it a number of times and also this would do for your IMDB corner. Sure. Um anytime Charlie's voice changes because oh. He was he was apparently going through puberty <laughs> and if you, I after reading this went back and compared his voice at the start, singing voice in particular, yes. is much higher initially mm. than it is towards the end. Yeah. So there's definitely a couple of drinks to be had throughout yeah. for that reason. Oh, yeah. He used from like Sarah Brightman to Barry White by the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have drink every time the Umpa Lumpers shame a child. <laughs> I mean, Augustus is, so is really, it's is not just by the Umpa Lumpers, but sort of in. Fat shame to such an extent. Oh, indeed, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd neck a whole bottle just doing just, it just Augustus, the abuse. He, yeah. yeah, it's good thing he got out early, really, before yeah. the psychological score had kicked yeah. into Toast himself. Augustus when you're, you're drinking. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Raise a glass to Augustus, <laughs> whoever he wants to be. But, um, yeah, but <laughs> I think the best one is Veruca's, like, demise, though, when it's like, well, blame the parents. It's yeah. always the parents. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she's the one who gets burnt to a crisp, apparently. So, <laughs> she, yeah. too late for her, apparently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. but I loved how big, like Cassie the Unbelievable songs were. <laughs> it, and also, in your lowest moment of being humiliated by falling in a chocolate river, yeah. to then have a group of people come along and sing a song about you in your worst moment yeah, yeah. must be pretty sort of that's an ultimate kick in the nuts isn't it to, oh absolutely to be to have it I mean the emphasized. only one that, that the Oompa actually sing around while the kids are still there and they're not already dead is Violet um, is Violet yeah. yeah for her they're doing a whole choreographed dance routine where they're rolling her around a room <laughs> peak humiliation isn't it yeah <laughs> You're fat, aren't you? Let's yeah. roll you round. That is probably <laughs> more. Be fun. That is probably hey, more it, uh, more harrowing than turning into a blueberry. Like it, that, that's worse, <laughs> isn't it? I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd rather go through that than if she can't escape the humiliation. Yeah. She's just lying there with, with a creepy little hand. Just like, <laughs> lie there and take it. Yeah, yeah that's horrible. Yeah. Again, another little behind the scenes thing. Apparently, the actress for that scene did have to just be like obviously in a suit that was you know <laughs> she had to just lie there yeah. for hours on end while they like redid this scene and the Oompa Loompa's like sat like lip synced obviously but God, like you know that must have made that's her very sick yeah that's rolled her back and forward yeah. Yeah. And she, she said yeah it, it, it tormented her <laughs> she's probably the character that experiences no she's probably the she's probably the actor that experiences the closest thing to their character's fate like that is true she yeah. had to be in a costume like that and just Rolled around Lied for hours, yeah. Get rolled around and take it <laughs> yeah. for hours of filming, whereas the others just jumped out of hatch, jump into a river. Yeah, exactly. Like Veruca didn't actually get incinerated. We hope, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her Wikipedia says she's still Ma- alive. Yeah. So Mike might see the ear stand in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a very high quality green screen. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I'd say Violet's fate is the closest to her character. Definitely. Augustus did have to be fat shamed in a small pipe. That is true, yeah. Because he's literally quite an overweight child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Oh, okay, maybe those two. Those yeah, at least, two at least Violet could get out of her costume. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Augustus, Poor or Augustus, whatever his yeah. name is yeah. in mm. real life. Well, we've recovered this already, so uh, drink for any character who makes you a little uneasy about them being around children. Okay. <laughs> Who's yes. top of your list for that? Oh, the Candyman. The Candyman. Yeah, yeah. That that, candy man. He oh, is a yeah. whole room full of red flags. Yeah. yeah. How does he still have a business? It doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. to me. That's what I don't like about him. Also, there's How a does he still make yeah. money. There's a scene after and, him, and he sorry. gives. He, sorry, I'm not done. He gives all those. <laughs> he gives all those kids so much free chocolate, and then Charlie comes in, and the guy is like, "Oh yeah, cough up then, please." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's wait got his favourites. Yeah. Wait for yeah. the one obviously sort of impoverished child to come in, and then charge that one. Yeah. But give. Everyone else free mm. treats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after him, there's also a bit where Charlie's He's like, selling though was very good." Sorry, spin yourself out. Spin yourself out. He's like, "Oh, you like that one, did you? You know, why don't you try this one? Yeah. Oh, you know, I've got this really good bar right in the back. I'll, I'll just, I'll just go and get it." Yeah. <laughs> but also, to give Come away so much want. for free is, I'd say, poor business management of what looks like quite a small business. Yes, mm. as well. Mm that approach would substantially impact profits. Because also, all the kids run there immediately after school, which to me implies that's what they do every day. Yeah. 
You've got the audience in. Yeah, yeah. So is he doing that every single day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's yeah. I mean he he. I mean to be fair, for for all we know, he is just throwing away like skittles, like <laughs> like the real the cheapest of the cheap. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah. Um, whereas like where he makes his real money is like oh there's a Wonka bar there. I'm not throwing yeah. that one away. I, I think his real money is made in human trafficking. <laughs> Get them through the top. <laughs> what is in that bag? Shove room, them into yeah. the back of a van and you're never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, too dark? <laughs> no, I mean, it's completely on point. But yeah. <laughs> very last one I've got then is, once you finish the film, drink every time you catch one of the tunes in your head. Well, yes. Yeah. So just become like a chronic alcoholic at yeah. that point. Just... <laughs> <laughs> done and done. <laughs> yeah. I've got a perfect puzzle for you. Alright, so at this point in the episode, right before we do sequels, I just want to let all our listeners know, and maybe our guests as well, um, the mean drummer on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set and subscribe to us for as much or as little as you think we're worth. <laughs> this is the bit where Harry kind of waves a little tin of change at you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I don't have any cash for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> well that's fine, because you can just go to Patreon. Of course I can yeah, beyond the box set. Yeah, You've got yeah. a phone right in front yeah, of you, I, I see it there. I'll go on it now. <laughs> go on, go go to it. Oh, oh you why are you waiting? Um, so, and yeah, if you do, you get a uh, you get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Boxer. Do I? Me and John go to the cinema pretty much every week mm. and uh, review all the films that we watch. Do you go on your cinema, tri- cinema trips together? Yes. Oh, that's nice. It's mostly like, fun. It's yeah. like our weekly routine. We'll do an episode, we'll have some lunch, some dinner, I should say, and then we'll go to the cinema and watch a film, then talk about it. So, nice. Yeah, it's a nice little routine we've got. Yeah. Feel free to join us tonight if you want. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, also, uh, if you become Patreon, you get a 30-second advert slot on the main show. You can advertise your own podcast or whatever you want to talk about. Also, once a month, we do a Patreon episode. We get a patron on the main show. They can choose the episode for us. Mm-hmm. Now, they can guest on it if they want to, but they don't have to. And, um, yeah, other than that, you get extended episodes, you get exclusive Facebook group, and I think that's everything. Yeah, I think so. Advert slot, we put that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's 30-second advert slot. Yeah. Choose an episode. Bonus episodes, extended episodes, Facebook group. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good. great. Thanks. So all that available, patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Okay, yeah. now sequels. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Just rail those off really quickly, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, do you want to go... I'd like f- speed it up. No, that's cool. Uh, so we normally do like a guest sandwich, if you will. So if you're okay to go in the middle. Um, do you want to go first or last, Harry? Um, I'm going to go first because I don't really want to build my idea up. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just get it. Get, get this shit out of the way. Oh, that puts pressure on me, though. Mm. First pressure on John. Okay, God. yeah, you're last. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so mine's more of a trail of thought. Okay, it's um, not not r- 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 rather than like an actual novel. Sure. Okay. Um, well, well, I didn't actually bring a novel. <laughs> if it was three hundred pages, I, we'd have I, a problem. I right? have written a novel. Oh so. no. That's, well, okay. This, this is going to be a seven-hour episode, guys. <laughs> so you know, if you have any ideas around around this that can actually sort of bring it into a more of a story kind of situation, then yeah, great. But sure. um, you know, if not, then just. I mean, I hope it's at least resembling a story. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's more, it's more sort of setting up a world. Okay. So this one is called Charlie and the Money Factory. Charlie and the Money Factory, okay, mm-hmm. sure. It's a sequel to the original, um, set shortly afterwards. And uh, I'm basically just going to talk about how the world changes. In, in the wake of the original movie? Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so the 
The industry has been forever changed with the events that encompassed the whole world last summer when the Wonka factory replaced its CEO in an extravagant competition. So Willy Wonka has stepped down and Charlie is now the boy ruler of the chocolate factory. Okay, sure. Uh, Wonka Inc. had its biggest financial year in history and jumped to become a Fortune 500 company, just from the sales of Wonka bars during its golden ticket campaign. I mean, it did seem to be the only news story. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, the CEO, Charlie Bucket, took the company to new highs when he converted the working factory into an exclusive theme park with controversially priced tickets. To maintain his compliance with health and safety, the actual chocolate factory has been relocated to Oompa Loompa Land to save costs. Okay, does that mean they've got to fight off, like, Vermidius Canids or whatever they're called? Who are trying to, like, Well, basically, he's just shipped all the umpalumpas off back to where they came from. Oh, so the f- <laughs> they're just <laughs> but, still, but still demanded <laughs> that they make chocolate for it. Sure, okay. Right. Uh, Charlie, because, well, I mean, he's, he's not growing the cocoa beans in, you know, Germany or wherever the sure, factory sure, is, Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so Charlie and the rest of the Bucket family have all become super rich sure. um, and greedy off their newfound success. Uh, the rest of the industry has also changed somewhat, particularly when it comes to recruitment. Now, whenever a big company, like you know, such as Coca-Cola or Apple... Do they exist in this world? Maybe, I don't know. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, whenever they start to need more cash, for whatever reason, they just replace the CEO. With, with a young child. With, with a young child. But the point is, they do a very exclusive marketing campaign. Oh, I see. They're, they They're have like, tickets. Sure. Hey, there's going to be five golden tickets. Process, what, what, yeah. In, in, five golden ring poles on Coca-Cola. Yeah. yeah, or five golden iPhones or, you know, sure. something. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, it, it, it works a bit to shift stock. It's sustainable. It keeps, the, it keeps the industry going and actually makes their businesses even bigger. Sure. Unfortunately for smaller businesses. <laughs> this has um, really gone into, like, econo- trickle-down economics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, smaller businesses are not as good at this. They've, you know, tried to take it a bit too hard. So when people try and apply for any job in a small business, the potential employee needs to first heavily invest in stock to try and find a lucky ticket. Right. You know, it might just be in a tomato or just like wrapped in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more, more, more. that would ruin your tomato to try and sort of squash a ticket into it. Yeah, but you wouldn't care because you get a job at the end of that's it. That's true, yeah, that's fair. Maybe. I mean, you're down to the final five. Potentially. Then. I mean, you yeah. may also you get go, a, a job go, opportunity. How many tomatoes have you eaten in your, the course of your current <laughs> job-seeking? Uh, well, not enough, clearly, because I'm en- still not, sh- not, not, employed, not fully yeah. employed. Mm. Yeah, so this has actually increased the class wealth divide okay. quite significantly. The levels of poor and homeless people have soared very high, and the rich people are just much, much richer. They're now jumping between jobs as status symbols instead of ways of life. Thank whereas God this poor... is just a fantasy and not a, just you know, an everyday right. occurrence. And... Whereas the poor people, they can't get new jobs because they can't afford to buy stock. Sure. To actually do, oh. buy, buy, buy items to actually get the golden tickets. Okay, yeah. As time goes... I mean, it's pretty far-fetched, but I'll follow you. you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a roll doll story. Why not? <laughs> as time goes by and the rich get richer, companies start to merge and get bought up by larger companies, such as Wonka, Inc., Oh, so it's like a Wonka Monopoly. And sh- <laughs> a Wonkanopoly. A Wonkanopoly, yeah. <laughs> Wonkanopoly. And Charlie, trying to quench his thirst for wealth. Mm-hmm. As, Has know, he fully, like, been corrupted by wealth and power? Oh, I mean, he fully took that last line of dialogue to, to heart, you know. Yeah. What? The boy who got everything lived happily ever after, yeah. So now he just wants everything. Yeah, basically, the boy who had everything, or the child who got everything, is Veruca Salt, so that didn't think, things didn't end up so well for her. So, yeah, terrible advice at the end. Yes. Ridiculously bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he buys up all his competition, creating a Wonkanopoly mm-hmm. on the confectionery market. Sure. 
Makes sense. Yeah. He starts to market his chocolates for poor people in their millions. Chocolates for poor people. Um, claiming that his chocolates, while, <laughs> while more expensive than the competition, which he also owns, sure. were worth every poor boy's family's lost pennies. Right, okay. Trying to take off his own experience there. Like, hey, once I was oh, so I spent my last penny on chocolate. He's manipulating his own backstory. Okay. That's all I've got here. Okay, that's. I think that's good. It's like the corrupting, the corrupting influence of money on Charlie. Like, is there going to be a comeuppance or is there going to be a redemption? Do you think? Oh, comeuppance, definitely. You want a comeuppance? Okay. Yeah. How, the, the, okay. The, the, what's this... Charlie's comeuppance? Like revolution. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does like social get, revolution. Maybe, or... maybe he does just get everything. Yeah. And he just grows old. And he becomes like an Elon Musk figure. And, like. and, he, and he, 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 he realizes that he has everything, but yeah. all his family have died now, and now he just has nothing. He, but he has everything. Sure, yeah, yeah. He owns every business. And is he happy with that? And he has all. Of course, he's not happy right. with that, mm. right? Because he's got everything, and he, but he still wants more, right? Yeah. Okay. But he so what does corrupted then? Well, not corrupted. He's just sort of been tainted forever by his. Yeah. What's his like rosebud going to be then? Like, oh, if he's the, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, what's his thing? If he's got everything, what there's got to be something he thinks is going to bring him happiness. Like, is there something he's going to be reaching for? Like space travel or world domination or love? You know, who needs space travel when you have got the Wonka face? Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that could do it. He's yeah. inherited the Wonka face. He has. So fine. True. Actually, yeah, in the Great Gas Elevator, they do go to space, don't they? So yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not a good the, book. the more we ignore that, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. I've sort of, I like I. That is a sequel, obviously, in itself, which I'm just choosing to pretend has has never. Existed. I think we're all going to agree not to, yes. yeah, not not to yeah. dwell too much on that. But I feel like if he's wealthy and he's he's getting his comeuppance, he needs there needs to be something that's out of his grasp. I'd, Whether I'd, it would be happiness or yeah, just like love or happiness or something like sure, that. Like okay. I'd like to like it to be that he gets everything. Mm. And he just proves Willy Wonka wrong that what happened to the boy who got everything mm. while he actually lived unhappily ever after. Well, yeah. maybe there's a vicious cycle where he literally become he at some point decides he needs a... Because I presume he doesn't have his own children. Mm. Maybe he decides he needs... <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> he has his own, you know, competition to yeah. bring five children into the factory and... That factory is no place to raise children. It like, is we've, not. We've, no, we've no, learned yeah. that. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, not well, well, it's like a competition that he runs to you know, find the next CEO of one. Exactly, group. yeah. He, he just did. But because like that idea is completely burnt out, like there's five golden tickets out there, there's only actually four applicants, four people buy yeah. one class or something. Yeah. And like... Yeah, the applicants just, aren't great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yes, I, I think there should definitely be a full circle kind of quality to this one right kind of whether or not the other kid is just another Charlie or whether it's someone a bit different I don't know but but yeah that could totally work yeah it would probably be the opposite of Charlie I think whoever this other kid is so this kid's what really avaricious and greedy and selfish and yeah maybe Hmm. why don't we just see like a quick little montage of how that goes sure I don't know maybe one division just fails and then the world goes back to normal (laughs) sure Well, if one company has a monopoly, I mean, you know... He's got no one to compete with. Yeah, there's no Slugworth anymore, yeah. Yeah, Why? exactly. What an industry digression that is to go from producing chocolate to WonkaVision. Yeah. That is quite the... <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. ...gear change, isn't it? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've made a career out of creating chocolate and confectionery. <laughs> now, now the I've media. <laughs> now I'm going to be a media mogul. Yeah. I can't think of any well, examples. I mean, to be fair, actually, the, the reason that he was going into it was that he was looking into cutting down his delivery costs. Yes, yes that's true. Delivery time delivery time. Time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, I want to put chocolate in everybody's house. Yeah. This is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a quite an extravagant solution mm. to a still chocolate-based problem. <laughs> Who knows what that... Well, yeah. 
whether I worked or not, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's another sequel in itself. Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, also, he has discovered shrinking technology, which is incredible. In- yeah. Especially the, the, shrinking the, a human. Yeah, yeah. the possibilities of shrinking things, including life, of course. Yes. That's outstandingly amazing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're more than just like he's wasted in confectionery. Yeah, he really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so I guess that's kind of a bleak look at the corrupting influence of power and money. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, Charlie and the Money Factory. Sure, very good. Okay, I feel like we could tighten up the ending there, but ultimately, yeah, I I didn't really have an ending there for it. I really didn't know how to end it. But yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the lesson. It doesn't have a neat little ending. It's just a bit bleak. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I would I would like it to ultimately be a bit bleak for Charlie, and then maybe it just. If you want it to come full circle, a new person comes in who's really greedy and stuff, and he runs the company into the ground, sure. and other companies thrive off that, mm-hmm. and the world just vaguely goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it ends up, and we, with, and we still don't know when it's set. Maybe it ends up with Augustus Gloop taking over. Oh yeah, <laughs> he steps in. I feel like he deserves some. He does. That's yeah. I think he deserves a break. Yeah. Like he just eats a lot. Like that's not the worst thing. No. that's that's not that's not a terrible quality. Apart from Veruca, none of well, actually no. Mike TV is pretty obnoxious and. Yeah, I know. Augustus what's, is definitely. What's wrong with, what's wrong with Violet? Yeah, she she's a little bit. Yeah, she chews too much gum. Breaks a rule and eats gum. Yeah, mm. she's she's a bit. Yeah, it's like she's got bad manners. She's she not. Yeah, she's not that bad, is no, she? Basically, Veruca is the great evil of the four of them. You know, yeah. The rest of them aren't particularly evil people. I mean, yeah, Violet. Vi- yeah, Violet and Augustus. They just did yeah. the same thing that Charlie did, but. They got caught. They were all they, fortunate, they, they, yeah. They didn't have the opportunity to go and apologise. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't fart the way out of their problems, yeah. No, if only they could. Yeah. If only they could. Oh, okay. God, like, Violet farting and that being her solution. I mean, I think that's what that's, we didn't see. That's what the juicing was. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's draw a veil over that one and uh, move on to Pete's idea. <laughs> okay, so the film ends with them being in the Wonkavator, doesn't it? And sort yeah. of flying off into to somewhere so I want to pick up straight off the back of that and I want them well the Wonkavator returning to Earth essentially and I see it as some sort of crash landing a bit like Sandra Bullock in Gravity oh great (laughs) so they land they uh, take in their surroundings and this is the point at which I want Willy Wonka to go off into the distance in a sure. cliche film sunset. Like, yeah. I, I want his sort of outcome to be quite ambiguous. So he just steps out and leaves Charlie and Grandpa Joe. Well, the, the, the first film is all his retirement plan. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. He fucks off. Like, right. that, that, he, he's done. He's right. done. But then I'm taking quite a sort of realistic approach to Charlie running a factory. Mm-hmm. I see financial problems <laughs> for the factory, given it's now being run by a child who's only real skill is 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 sort of powerful burping. Yeah. Um, I mean, the moment those umpalumpas unionize, it's over. Like, yeah. Well, this is the yeah. thing. I have also I have also unionized the umpalumpas. Great, good. Yeah. Because I think it's very clear that that their working rights are, are poor. Yeah. So I see um, probably seeing how sort of shambolic the general organization of their their employer is. I I do see the umpalumpas unionizing. Yeah. Which obviously is quite a lot for for a child in Charlie to to take on for someone to explain what a workers' union is <laughs> on top of being given the keys to a a factory. Now I, I'm also choosing to focus the sequel on Veruca Salt as a, a sort of vengeful Veruca Salt. Excellent. As a, yeah. yeah. I, so I think she is someone who is used to 
getting everything they want mm-hmm. from quite a wealthy background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of therefore um, funding behind her, and also yeah, her being quite vengeful. I've decided to make Veruca a. I've decided to make her a, a conservative MP. So I think that is absolutely her, her destiny in life. Yeah, and therefore the basis of the film, amid Charlie struggling with running the factory, I see the sequel as being Veruca Salt versus the unionised Umpalumpas. <laughs> Great. So that is... Is that a title? Uh, <laughs> that's a good yes. title. Yes, you can have that. I said, I said earlier that I hadn't come up with the title. Maybe I have. Maybe it is Veruca Salt. The lady is not for churning. Yeah. <laughs> churning <laughs> butter, chocolate. Very good. So I see that dispute as being the real sort of mm-hmm. um, focus mm. of the sequel and the quite political heart yeah of it. I, i'm a little bit unsure of the i would i would like the umpalumpas to come up out, out on top i have sure. not decided quite how they do that do the umpalumpas elect a leader like as a, as a sally field figure if you will and norma ray where she plays sure. a union leader like so, to represent them yeah like a court, if this film descends like a court case between the head umpalumpa and veruca salt crucially played by an actor who can speak english and like most of the Umpalumpa. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, who would you cast as an Umpalumpa wow. spokesperson um, turned uni- union, you know, rabble rouser? I mean, that's. I, I mean, I, I can choose a. I can choose an actor of sort of any size, can't I? You could Gary okay. Oldman. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and that's why I'm choosing to. I'm choosing to make this film quite gritty. It's, yeah. it's yeah. in in the bleak Berlin esque setting of the mm. first film. I'm really. It's it's factories. Mm-hmm. It's grainy. Settings, it's it's all quite grey and bleak. I feel like this is like really good in for some Oscars. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gary Oldman's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what the potential? Um, Tilda Swinton. I'm seeing a real sort of. I'm seeing sort of a Timothy Spall man of the people mm-hmm. type. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm seeing that perhaps. Good actually. Yeah. 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 There you go. I've cast Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. Yes. <laughs> The role he was born to play yes, uh, as a uh, umpalumpa union leader, a trade yeah, union exactly. leader. So that's what I've gone for there. Okay. Um, I'm quite undecided on the fate of Willie himself. This mm. might be something that both of you can can help with. I'm I'm quite happy with the story sort of ending with the first film is essentially, as I said, his retirement plan. Sure, he's just on a beach somewhere. Yeah, he's he's made some money. He's fine. I'd like to see him still with umpalumpas working for him. Yeah, you know, like as a footstool. He took his and... favourites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe he's gone back to Umpa Lumpa Land. Yeah, and as Harry's mentioned, he is basically living there as a despot, and the Umpa Lumpas are his servants. But then, unbeknownst to him, back home, back at the, in the chocolate factory, the Umpa Lumpas have unionised and become, yes. you know, liberated. Yeah, and then at the end of the film, maybe after they've taken over the chocolate factory and they are now running it as like a. A socialist co- yeah. cooperative. Yeah. Um, they send word back to Umpalumpaland, and you see like his, you know, his his main like man, his main servant getting like a message through, and then it's like revolution starts to spread. Nice. And next thing you know, he's just like tied to a pole and he's being burnt at the stake or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do like the. Um, I mean, it's a potential title in itself. The liberation of the Umpalumpas yes. mm-hmm. is the heart of my mm-hmm. sequel. And the only other thing that I noted down was that I, I am I am writing off Grandpa Joe straight away. Sure, he dead. He, he's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I think even Charlie is probably sort of so focused on the, the... So consumed by the stress of running the factory that even he doesn't sort of... He doesn't sort of remember fondly 
his no. his time with Grandpa Joe. No. Grandpa Joe's gone. Yeah, it it's done. I also see Veruca as exactly the sort of person who would hold quite a strong grudge against the Umpalumpas because they were they witnessed her at her worst. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> they have absolutely fueled her, mm-hmm. her her vengeance. Yes, that whole experience is is very sort has has really poisoned her essentially. Yeah. So that is the basis of my my sequel is. Umpalumpas and a vengeful Veruca Salt. I like it. Okay. Mm. I think that could be like directed by like a really gritty British director like Mike Lee or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, very good. Thank you. So. Thank you. Okay. So my sequel thankfully has gone in a very different direction. So mm-hmm. I mean we've all taken different directions, which is always good. Yeah. I was really struck by what we discussed a lot very early in this episode about how the f- this film basically has the setup of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's got like the first third is introductions to characters. The middle section is all those characters being killed off one by one until there's a final girl or a final Charlie in this True, point classic who horrible. survives and then the film ends because it doesn't really matter what happens with that person. Yep. Just, he's the last, he or she has survived. So with that in mind, I thought of a recent horror sequel, which was uh, It Chapter 2. And I yes. thought, what have you adapted that to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? So my sequel idea is called Wonka Chapter 2. Nice. And uh, it picks up 30 years after the original. So again, we don't really know what decade that leaves it in, because the original is in- entirely you know, mm-hmm. ambiguous in that, play- in that sense. So but I'm thinking 30 years have passed, and breaking news across the world, because as we know, Willy Wonka is the... The Dalai Lama of this, you know, <laughs> yeah. of this world, of this of this universe we're living in. Like it's the hugest story. Thirty years later, the news breaks that uh, reclusive, reclusive genius and chocolate entrepreneur Willy Wonka has in fact passed away. Oh, no. And then we flash around the world to all of these forty-year-old adults who were, you know, ten-year-olds thirty years ago who experienced the Willy Wonka factory, and they learn that he's dead, and suddenly they all get flashbacks to this incredibly traumatic moment in their lives and then the film is going to be them reconnecting with each other so we're going to start with showing how they all you know lived their lives and how they dealt with the trauma that they suffered in the chocolate factory so i think obviously we start with augustus gloop um and i think in the again in the grand tradition of it too so uh, he is now i think he's now a personal trainer (laughs) he is shredded he is ripped and shredded he is Plagued by body dysmorphia, yeah. in, in constant terror of gaining weight, like his, it's like, like he's haunted by images of like chocolate, and you know, <laughs> he looks into mirrors and sees like his old fat self and stuff. He's just like he's completely broken by this, you know, the, lev- the sheer level of fat shaming that was leveled at him as a child. So he sees this image that Willy Wonka's dead, and he's relieved, but also he's very triggered by you know the memories of all that kind of stuff. Then the next one's going to be Violet Beauregard, and I feel like she has obviously become very traumatized by the mm-hmm. chewing of the gum so she's never chewed any gum again i think she's also she's i think her sin if it's even a sin in the original movie is that she's quite outspoken she's quite loud mouthed mm-hmm. so i think she's now incredibly i'm thinking she's basically a crazy cat lady she's incredibly okay. shy she's incredibly maybe she's agoraphobic even that's quite a uh, a humongous i mean she's gone from one scale to the other that's what well, i'm thinking they've all done this so obviously augustus has gone from yeah chubby kid to reversing you know, them all yeah they're all they're all like so affected about what happened to them that it's given them this these incredible neuroses so yeah i think maybe even she's got no teeth anymore because she's, she's never chewed gum <laughs> so her teeth have all fallen out because she can't look after them properly uh, and she's just this like toothless crone 
cat lady, you know, mm-hmm. basically. So then she's watching in her, you know, cat-filled apartments, and she sees that Willy Wonka's dead, and she's again we see the her take all that in and react to it. Uh, then we go to Veruca Salt, who I would imagine having survived her trauma, she is now a humanitarian. <laughs> she's, wow, what she's really man. she's had, she's had a positive turn, you know, because she she's she's let go of all of her selfishness and she's become like a maybe she's even become like a socialist revolutionary like she's incredibly anti-wealth she's because she is so scarred by the this you know materialistic girl that she once was Mm -hmm. that now she's the complete opposite of that maybe she's working maybe she's working as a journalist for like you know and a kind of a political social firebrand right yeah and so so she's maybe doing quite well she's like our jessica chastain if you could even cast her (laughs) but then she she's knocked for seven by the memories of you know what, what what she went through and then Mike TV. I'm just wondering, is he about to become like a radio presenter or something? I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the opposite of TV? Does he hate TV now? I don't is think that... radio is the opposite of TV, Harry. That's quite rude. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the anti-TV. I was thinking he could be like living in nature. Like he's a, um, what are they called? Like a survivalist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's living off the grid. Uh, okay. But he's sure. still got like a grainy little black and white TV. So he, even he, because obviously it's the, yeah. it's the kind of news that no one can escape from. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when the Queen dies. So he also gets the, somehow gets the message that Willy Wonka has died. And so I feel like from there we get to the four children who are now adults, obviously. I mean, any, any thoughts on who could play? Like who, who's going to play like 40 year old uh, Ruka Salt? She's probably the easiest one. Um, Ruka Salt. So we loud. Um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, well, she was a redhead, wasn't she? And I already said Jessica Chastain. So Bryce, tell us how it could work. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Any 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 advance on that? I mean, well, I, I guess just because the actor is not English doesn't mean they can't play the no, role. No, not at all. It? I'm just trying to picture someone just playing that sort of like socially. Well, you said sort of a a campaigner, essentially. Yes, yes. Who am I seeing as a campaigner? They've got to be around forty. I mean, yeah, you can mix it up a bit, but around forty. Be a socialist campaigner. I mean. I was going to say a sort of Olivia Colman feels like an obvious choice, mm-hmm. but I was about to pitch Olivia Colman for Violet. Were you? Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think of someone that you that, that an audience, a viewer, would automatically sympathise with. Yeah, and that's I, what I you're trying you... to go for with Farouk, isn't it? Definitely. So I'm trying to think of very popular, almost unanimously oh, okay. popular yeah, actors. I think you've done better with Olivia Colman because she can play kind of whiny and annoying. A bit yeah. Better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she's sort of yeah she's sort of got a few of her Sophie and Peep Show qualities too. Okay, well. yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. What about Augustus then? So post, you know, now he's properly shredded. He's probably got a bit of an eating disorder. You know, I mean, you reference it too. I mean, the casting of that character in it too. Yeah, well, was li- was so that, lo- was that so ludicrous. Child yeah. actor to that is yeah bizarre. It really was. So yeah. are you are you following those lines of going from Augustus to? Yeah, that, it was. I fully just stole that whole idea. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Hemsworths. Hemsworths. One of the Hemsworths. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to do that or Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good. Well, they're, they're both actors. Well, no, Chris Hemsworth never actually never actually been overweight, but Chris Pratt has been fat, mm. and then he got like really ripped. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he could work. Yeah, because I guess he could play that whole kind of like someone who has been fat before, could be fat again. Yeah. It's like hanging over him. Whereas like, yeah. I was thinking of him more as like someone who was like ridiculously wiry. Like right. he's so far removed from what Augustus once was. But right. no, that could work too. Yeah. I think if you're going for that sort of narrative trajectory for mm. them, you have to go as far to cliche Hollywood A-lister, good looking, yeah. ripped. Yeah. yeah. 
well, Thor, essentially. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah so Chris, saying, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's peak. From Augustus Gloop to Chris Hemsworth, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll pretend Fat Thor never happened yeah. in, the, in this scenario, yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> he was offered that, he was like, that's too triggering, I can't do that. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess the point is that those... Mike TV? Mike TV, yeah. Crazy naturist, survivalist, like, it's got to be someone a bit wacky, a bit... Nick Cage is too old, but a bit, you know, mm. someone who can play a bit wacky. Jake Gyllenhaal, maybe? Oh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. is Mike, adult Mike okay. TV. It's, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Are you having his adult Charlie? Well, I'm guessing to Charlie... I mean, I've not really thought this through, but the, the idea is that the four of those kids, then somehow they communicate with each other and they all meet up, much like the kids in it, in it too do. You know, they get together yeah. and then they're like, you know... For the first time since that experience, they all reunite and they, you know, some of them have better memories of it than others, some of them yeah. are in denial. But they all decide, they all realise that they need to confront this trauma that happened in their lives and also the, I guess the pretext of it is that Charlie and his family were never seen again mm-hmm. after that day the doors closed you know after they launched into the, the great glass elevator or whatever he was just never seen again nor was Uncle Grandpa I keep wanting to say Uncle Joe never was Grandpa Joe nor were any of his family members they, they all just disappeared that day so maybe the other four kids who are now adults obviously go on a quest back to the Wonka factory to try and find out whatever happened to Charlie and maybe that is the plot of this sequel, essentially. Whatever happened to Charlie. Okay. Now, I don't know whatever happened to Charlie, because that's where my inspiration ended, but I'm... What do you, what do you guys think? Like, so you're thinking that he stays in the factory? Yeah, I think the mystery of this film is going to be whatever happened to Charlie. I swear, they, like, nobody ever saw Charlie after that. Nobody saw Charlie again. The, the, the Wonka right. factory continued to... Mm. What, about, what about a bit of a narrative full circle, in that he becomes this reclusive... Enigmatic. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like he Willy becomes Wonka. his own you Wonka don't see figure. Him yeah. Much. Yeah. yeah, he's hidden away. Have you watched Rick and Morty? No. Okay. Well, you've not seen anything. Uh, <laughs> Rude, Harry. <laughs> You're like me. Um, okay. Well, John, do you remember the episode where, for Beth's childhood, Rick created this world where she could go and nothing would ever hurt her? Oh yeah. But, like, her friend goes in that world and gets lost forever. Oh, are you thinking that's Charlie? Yeah. Okay, that's good. And he's just gone completely insane. Yeah. Okay, so I, he's been... I can understand why a character in Charlie's situation would end up completely insane. Yeah. I mean, mm. what a fucking weird life. Just live in that world. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's been living, like, as an Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Even though he's yeah. not an Oompa Loompa. He, yeah, he's, he's fully... He gone. sings everything in a, in, if a, in a tune. Yeah, if he's just sort of blended into the background as one of the Impalumpas. Yes. Oh, like literally. What, yeah. Right, okay. so, yeah. So maybe the, maybe the other four. And again, I'm I'm completely ripping off it too for this whole thing. But maybe they like break into the chocolate factory. Willy Wonka's obviously passed away. And it's, maybe it's now being run by Impalumpas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just keep overthrown del- by. They, yeah, they, yeah. It's now become like yeah, they're, they're overthrown the whole place. But maybe it's the four. <laughs> they're wearing his bones. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe they've gone completely feral. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe they killed him maybe they did maybe they did kill him it, they, that's it the umpalumpas have gone feral no, no, I, I, I like the idea well sure that still works but I like the idea that Charlie is one of the umpalumpas no I know I, that's what I think Charlie is part of that he's yeah. long since like been lost in mm-hmm. land. but as you can revisit all the old sets as the kids go deeper and deeper and they're all confront they all confront mm. their own fears so we, they go through the same parts of the factory that they went through the first time so mm-hmm. Augustus has to face the pipe again mm-hmm. and it's like you're not going to get stuck this time You've, you're, you're much thinner now it's fine you know Violet you don't have to eat that bubblegum <laughs> maybe he's so ripped and hench that he does get stuck but for muscle bound reasons yeah. rather than being overweight exactly yeah his shoulder is his shoulders rather than his belly yeah, his shoulders yeah, exactly. are too wide yeah. Yeah. yeah but then maybe everybody's like 
if you just flex you'll break this pipe flex <laughs> yeah. flex Augustus yeah. flex yeah they yeah. all that's it they all revisit it but they all over they all manage to get through it and they manage to make make peace with their trauma yeah so sure. yeah you're right so Augustus uses his, his new newfound henchness to just flex his way out of the situation I like that that's good. Violet no longer needs to chew the chewing gum so she's mm-hmm. like you know I don't need this anymore yeah Veruca realises she doesn't want a golden egg she, she, she can put that away you know mm-hmm. and Mike TV just yeah they all resist basically Mike, yeah. Mike TV breaks the camera he's like I don't want to be on TV anymore yeah right. so they all confront their own worst fears and go deeper and deeper into the factory until they eventually find Charlie at the centre maybe mm-hmm. in the what was in the, the last office, just in the, the office end, in the yeah. office just completely we're, 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 doing some admin completely we're, 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 everything's in like half yeah. in that office yeah and they, they make him realise that he's been the subject of you know Stockholm Syndrome mm-hmm. and they, they lead him out into the sunlight and I guess that's where it ends or maybe they all run it to get the factory to get no so they're all they're, it's almost your your sequel is almost them like saving yeah. Charlie from the factory which it, it's a redemp- became his yeah. inevitable future it's a redemption arc for all the characters essentially okay. yeah. mm. oh I quite like that yeah that's yeah strong ending thank you I was really winging that as well so <laughs> what a relief <laughs> cool yeah so that was uh, Wonka colon chapter 2 nice nice yeah very good Great, okay. Yeah. Uh, should we get to some listener submissions? Yeah, let's do that. We always ask our listeners to <clears throat> submit their own sequel ideas of the films that we do, so sure. they often come up with much better things than we do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've got a bunch here. I'm a lot, sure you did. A lot of them are not necessarily listener submissions. How um, many, what percentage of them are, there's already a sequel, it's called The Glass Elevator. Oh, I, I, I already moved past that in my good in, in, the, in the post that I made. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. However, half of them are all just like, well, actually, uh, Snowpiercer is basically the sequel, and oh, this is God why. Sake. Although, I like that idea. But oh, I like that idea, too. But I've just had lots of people say, give me that idea. Sure. So, okay, Tim Saxby, which is, he's not given, given me an idea, he's just let us know. Um, they're actually working on a prequel to this film. Oh, God. Uh, which he thinks is in-universe. Okay. Directed by Paul King, who I don't know, and possibly starring Ryan Gosling or Ezra, Ezra Miller. That sounds insufferable. Yes, yeah, If they were, I can, I can, that superb casting. Who did, did you say, who did you say sent that? Ryan Gosling um, or Ezra. I think Tim Ezra Saxby. Miller. If yeah. they were Ezra do, Miller could work. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, it's a flat no for me, but yeah. Ezra Miller maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely Is that like that a Netflix maybe. thing? It feels like a Netflix thing. No idea, but yeah, maybe. Okay. Colin Spenrath says, Wonka, a chocolate story. <laughs> How did he get the factory? Where did he get his hat? Where did his name come from? <laughs> All of this will be spelled out for you. I think they're going for uh, Solo with Star Wars. Yeah, story, I feel like that's, yeah, I see that vibe, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Lee Michael Hollard says, uh, Willy Wonka and the class action lawsuit. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favourite so far. Yeah. Uh, Robert L. Kelly says, ignore Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. It's not very good. Instead, Focus on the transition of Charlie taking over day-to-day operations of the factory and of Wonka's stay way past the appropriate period for handing over the reins. <laughs> Have him hover over Charlie as he makes decisions, making passive-aggressive remarks and sighing in disappointment every now and then. Eventually, Charlie has to have one of the Oompa Loompas remove him. He winds up living outside the factory and telling everyone who goes by, I used to own that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's all that's worth it. That's done. Some yes, very good ones. Yeah, that's the last one I got. Okay, I have a few too, uh, very quickly. We have Dennis Fanning said, Willy Wonka and the non-extradition country. <laughs> uh, Spencer Cobb said, Willy Wonka and the socialist uprising. I think we've already had that one, yeah. Travis Owen said, Willy Wonka and the CGI ghost of Gene Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Klima said, Willy Wonka 2, Free Willy 5, Kill Bill Volume 3. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Mike Carey said, Charlie Bucket and the mystery of why Wonka cream eggs are smaller now than they were when we were young. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike Carey also said the Mike TV presidency. Just haunting, <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, and finally, Rob Trainer said the Umpa Rebellion. Charlie doesn't run the factory with the iron fist that Willie did, and soon he has no employees and is running for his life. <laughs> I'm glad the Umpa... There's, there's some justice for the Umpa Lumpers. There seems there, to be right? a common thread that... Yeah, there's yeah, justice they for the Umpa Lumpers. Draw, they like yeah. the Umpa Lumpers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that seems... Good, yeah, okay. So, um, thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. Mm-hmm. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, where all of which you can also leave us a five-star review if you so wish. It really helps us out. As mentioned, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us five stars or more if they could. You can find all of those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And so thank you very much, Pete, for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having would, me. Would you like to do one last-minute plug for your podcast or anything else you might want to plug? If you like pouring over films in obsessive detail, <laughs> then maybe you would also like pouring over episodes of Friends in obsessive I'm detail. I'm sure there's crossover there. Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, there's potential for a, a exploring a sequel to Friends, I think, at some Absolutely, point. Yeah. A crossover. Uh, if you search Friends with Friends in your podcast apps, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, we will be in there. Um, there are loads of episodes and loads of great guests for you to dive into. Fantastic. And thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a lot of thank fun. Thank you for, you for, for bringing this iconic film. So, yes, next week, Harry, we actually have another guest. It's oh, a right, guest in a row. overload. Yes. Oh, so goodness, we're going to be joined by one of our Patreon subscribers next week. Oh, fantastic. A lovely man named Finn who's coming mm-hmm. down from Scotland to visit us, I believe. Is he? He is, oh, yeah. That's an effort, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. People Good come from Finn. far and wide, yeah. yeah. And he's going to be bringing a little film called Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, great. That'll be good. Cool. So thank you again, Pete. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Harry. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you, listeners. Join us next week for Moonrise Kingdom with Finn. Yeah, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Say bye. Goodbye.